I just don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. True Crimes and Story Times. I'm not Kirsten. I'm Michelle. And my boyfriend Austin is filling in for Kirsten today. And the reason we didn't upload our episode last night at midnight like we usually do, um, we were recording and it basically closed out the whole thing and we had to re-record and it was already like 8 o'clock at night, so. Thanks, GarageBand. Yeah. Appreciate it. Shout out to GarageBand. Thank you. But Austin is covering for Kirsten today, so what are you covering? Uh, I'm covering for Kirsten, like you said. Oh my gosh, what are you covering for the Storytime episode? Um, so the topic of today's episode is Georgia Guidestones. Let's get it. Alright, let's roll right... Actually, wait. Hmm? Um, we did this... <laughs> what? Uh, I have to congratulate you again. Like I did last night on oh. when we re- 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 recorded the podcast uh, on 1,000 plus downloads uh, on the podcast for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Which is really cool. Round of applause for me and Kirsten. Hold on. Let me. I, we need like a soundboard so we can have like sounds. I'm always the freaking sound person. The only sounds we have so far for the podcast are dun, 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 and what I just did, clapping. <laughs> Yeah, but you have a couple of uh, inside jokes so far. True. Like, oh, gla gla. <laughs> All, All right, right, let's jump into it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's get it. All right. I'm going to take us back to 1979 uh, in a small town about 90 miles east of Atlanta. Uh, the town name is Elberton, Georgia. Um, and at the time, like I said, 1979, the Cold War was in full effect. Um, not sure what year the Cold War ended. It was in the 80s, I believe. I can look it up. Uh, it's okay. I'll look it up. Okay, go ahead. I want to say it was like 87? 89. 89, wow. I didn't realize it went that, that far into the 80s. Um... At the time, the uh, the world population was about 4.4 billion, which is kind of crazy. Uh, almost, I mean, over 40 years ago. It's almost doubled. Man, we're at nearly 8 billion people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's getting crowded here on Earth. <laughs> so let's move into more about Georgia Guidestones. Uh, in June of 1979, a man named R.C. Christian... Uh, visited Elberton Granite Finishing Company with an idea that uh, an employee of the company, uh, his name was Joe Finley, uh, thought was outrageous. Um, Finley's first impression of R.C. Christian was that he was a nut. Uh, Sounds plausible. Plausible? Plausible. That he's a nut? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Fair. 
um, <clears throat> Joe Finley, the employee, would soon find out that R.C. Christian was, in fact, a rich nut. So he's, he's probably more like a macadamia nut mm. on the richer side, you know? Gotcha. Shout out to macadamia nuts. They are pretty good. And I don't really like nuts. But I'll eat white chocolate macadamia nut cookies. And those are good. Um, so Joe Finley thought that R.C. Christian's um, idea was just completely outrageous and he intentionally gave rc a quote that was several times higher than any project the company had ever taken uh, at the time to try to discourage rc from commissioning the project uh, and i couldn't find anything about the exact amount of the appraisal or not the appraisal but the the quote mm -hmm. um but as we move on and we find more about the the project you can only imagine how much it was yeah um <clears throat> To Joe's surprise, R.C. ended up accepting this massive quote and revealed to Finley that he represented a small group of loyal Americans. Um, and he mentioned that they had been planning this idea for 20 plus years and that he would like to remain anonymous. So R.C. Christian was actually a pseudonym that the man used to remain anonymous like he had wished. Uh, so we have no clue who the actual who the actual man was that funded the project. Also sus. Also sus? Sus. That, that he useless. had a pseudonym and he, he represents a small loyal group of Americans. Yeah, like he doesn't tell them like who he's representing or anything. They don't right. like that's sus to me. But anyways. Yeah, I agree. There's definitely some suspicion going on. Don't be suspicious. Don't, Don't be, be suspicious. suspicious. He's being very sus, though. <laughs> yep. But you could also look at it from the angle of, you know, maybe he looks at it um, like kind of like an art installation or an art project and kind of... Or like an author that has like a... Is it a pen name? Mm-hmm. I okay. think so. I could see it that way. Yeah. But also sus. Mm-hmm. Um, just a few months later in October of 79, um, five acres of land was purchased from a farmer named Will, I'm oh, sorry, from a farmer named Wayne Mullinex. Um, and Wayne and his family uh, were given lifetime cattle grazing rights on the site of the project, uh, which is really cool. I mean, no matter how sus this all seems, at least... Uh, at least R.C. Christian, the pseudonym man, was was uh, had enough morals to, you know, not only purchase the land from the farmer and his family, but also to give them lifetime grazing rights. I mean, I think yeah. that's pretty, that's about. That was nice of him. He uh, didn't have to do that. Right. I was kind of surprised by that. But A little bit, yeah. I thought that was nice of him. Um, just a few months later. Uh, in March, uh, March 22nd to be exact, in 1980, the project was completed and an audience of 100 to 400 people witnessed the unveiling of a very large granite monument called the Georgia Guidestones. Just a casual 100 to, to, 400. to 400, yeah. yeah. Anywhere in there. Uh, it's somewhere in between there. Like, how do you not know? <laughs> right. 400 people is a lot more than 100. <laughs> For sure. I guess they didn't go around counting and telling them like 
remember in class or somewhere else like in school where mm. they would tell you count and they would tell you like hold your finger up to your number like they would say you're one two three like yeah. in gym class when right. they would put you in groups and you would hold your finger up for your yeah. number that's what <laughs> <laughs> people are like i'm 100 like how do you hold that up okay right. anyways sorry yeah i thought that was kind of interesting i mean that's 300 people how do you not know the amount i mean even if it wasn't the exact amount not no one needs to know the exact amount anyway well, but, no, but you just say about 200 like how do you right how is there such a large gap there yeah um so there is one slab in the center with four slabs surrounding it and one stone that rests on top of all the others for a total of six massive granite slabs that are astronomically aligned um there's also an additional stone tablet that is set in the ground a small distance to the west of the main structure uh and that stone tablet basically just gives a brief history and kind of the purpose of the guidestones and what the what rc and the group the small group small loyal group of americans <laughs> uh, what they intended it to right. be um <clears throat> a little bit about the just the overall size of the monument uh at its highest point the monument is 19 feet and three inches which for some granite slabs that's pretty massive that's huge uh and for everyone outside of the u.s that's 5.87 meters tall um and this is kind of what really put it into perspective for me is the weight of it and uh in total it weighs 237,746 pounds that is insane to me definitely uh and again outside of the u.s that's 107,840 kilograms so i mean obviously it's granite and granite is a heavy stone but yeah but that's still super heavy and very heavy so this kind of makes me cringe but uh, the Georgia Guidestones are sometimes referred to as America's Stonehenge. Um, and it, I say it's cringy because Stonehenge is much more significant and much more... Elaborate. Elaborate, and I just think it has much more significance for humanity and, mm -hmm. you know. And I don't know a whole lot about uh, Stonehenge itself, but I do know that I looked at the Wikipedia page and it's very... Uh, extensive and there's a lot about it so i just comparing wikipedia pages uh stonehenge definitely seems much more significant gotcha um so a message consisting of a set of 10 guidelines or principles is engraved on the guidestones in eight different languages one language on each face of the four large upright stones uh in moving clockwise around the structure from due north these languages are of course first english Spanish, uh, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, uh, traditional Chinese, and Russian. So the first guideline on the set of stones uh, states, maintain uh, humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. And again, this is at the time of the Cold War. Um, so the, the world population at the time was about four and a half billion people and so i think it was i think it's kind of interesting that they chose 500 million i wonder how they landed on such a number yeah especially when the 
the population was four and a half billion. Right. I mean, again, the Cold War was going on, so maybe that kind of played into how they chose that number. Right. Um, uh, and later on, I'll talk about uh, someone's perspective on that number as well. Um, the second guideline states, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. That kind of goes hand in hand with the first one as well. Uh, if you maintain humanity under 500 million, uh, I think you're kind of already trying to guide reproduction wisely. So it, like I said, it kind of goes hand in hand with the first guideline. Mm -hmm. But the second part of the second guideline, improving fitness and diversity, I mean, that's something <clears throat> we as a human race should always seek and strive for, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, if you fall in love with the the same race, that's perfectly fine, too. I mean, and you want to, not to be graphic, but spread your seed with the same race, the same, like, you don't have to be, you don't have to be forced to be diverse. Like, there's nothing wrong with, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, basically, what you're saying is, you can be with anybody that you want to be with. It doesn't matter, as long as you love each other. Exactly. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with diversity too, just mm -hmm. different walks of life, not only racial, but just completely different walks of life, yeah. whether it be how you were raised or, right. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. The third guideline states, unite humanity with a living new language. Uh, so when I first read that, uh, it made me think of uh, just like internationalism, um, basically every continent every country every state mm -hmm. city whatever you want to say uh just kind of coming together and agreeing that you know this is from a human standpoint this is the rules and this is like the language that we need to follow mm -hmm. or just kind of agreeing upon uh, a language right and i don't think it necessarily even means just a spoken language it can there's all types of language yeah but um i think it's also cool though that we all have like different cultures have different languages yeah, it's definitely. just really cool that they go way back and like it's just cool again how diverse yeah, the absolutely. whole like planet is in general definitely i mean just i think a language also makes up a culture too oh for sure 100 percent. you know that's part of it i mean the the languages that are listed on the guide stones that I mentioned earlier, I mean, mm -hmm. English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, traditional Chinese, and Russian, those are all very, very different languages. I mean, you listen yeah, to, sure. as an American, when I hear, you know, Chinese or Russian uh, language, it's just like mind-blowing. It's so neat to mm -hmm. hear just a completely the different... The sounds and like yeah. the ways they pronounce everything and like... For sure. What they emphasize on. Yeah. I it's mean... really cool. Spanish is pretty similar to English in my opinion. I mean, I took three years of Spanish and it's relatively easy to learn, but still it's mm -hmm. a beautiful language. And that goes with all these other listed languages and the ones that aren't listed too are all unique and beautiful in their own way. Um, the fourth guideline states rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. 
Um, I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, guideline five states, protect people in nations with fair laws and just courts. Which, again, as an American, that is quite the opposite of what we are experiencing today in America. And I'm sure it's the same for other countries as well. Oh, I'm sure. I I'm feel sure like it's even worse in other countries. I feel like in other countries, like the corruptness of Man. the government is just like so upfront and forward. And the U.S. just kind of tries to like hide it behind a curtain. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they try to keep it more under wraps. But like they all, try. a lot of the cases that I cover, some of them are just insane. It's like, yeah. are you serious? Man. And the fact that different government ag- agencies can come together and be like okay well we need to form a, a plan to hide this from the public it's just yeah it's weird like i don't i see purpose i see the point of it in some instances but for sure at the same time like well we don't want mass panic but right but i think it just when the it just in the long run, it just uh, it messes with the trust that that the public has in the government. Yeah, I, guess. I can understand that. But like you said, you definitely don't want mass panic in certain situations. Yeah. But and then then again, sometimes the government causes mass panic on purpose. Yeah. Uh, but that's a topic for a different day. Um, guideline six states let all nations rule internally resolving external disputes in a world court and again kind of coming back to the whole internationalism idea uh that just kind of goes hand in hand with uh guideline three just kind of agreeing upon a set of rules and Mm -hmm. um ideas to base life off of essentially yep um Guideline 7 states, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Again, as an American, that <laughs> is... Or anywhere. I don't think it just applies to us. But. I know, but just speaking like, from my point of view, like there are plenty of useless officials in our government. Yep. And what, not even just you know the White House or Congress. It's It starts at a city level or a state level. Like mm-hmm. It goes beyond just what everyone sees right um and there are definitely petty laws nowadays Mm -hmm. Uh, there are plenty of petty laws out there for sure um yeah our judicial system is something else um guideline eight states uh balance personal rights with social duties um and again I don't really see anything wrong with that guideline. It kind of, you know, whatever you have interest in or whatever your opinions are, you should realize that at the end of the day, you're part of something much bigger and you're, you're, you know, you're not the, you're not the say all be all. Yeah. You should realize that we're all in this together. Um, guideline nine states prize truth, beauty, love, and seeking harmony with the infinite. Um, which to me is kind of a beautiful statement. Yeah. Um, basically 
like be honest and just um basically like just live appreciate in the, what yeah. you have and mm-hmm. yeah live in the moment i mean mm-hmm. realize that there's i mean yes we have memories and we have i don't want to say we have our future because you never know just how long the future is but yep um i think more people i think a lot of people would um really benefit from knowing that and it's kind of funny to say that to know that um the moment is all we have mm-hmm. because you would think being a human you would just know that but you somehow we don't we don't yeah. realize that the moment has already passed and right. the moment is now kind of thing mm-hmm. i think many people would benefit from that including many people in congress and the government just being mindful being mindful being open-minded mm-hmm. um yeah seek harmony with the infinite uh and the last guideline on the georgia guidestone states be not a cancer on the earth leave room for nature leave room for nature um which again kind of goes with guideline nine that's a beautiful statement mm-hmm. uh there are i think humanity right now is more so a cancer on earth than not and we can some all some humanity hmm? some humanity yeah some but not all of us no i agree but at the same time you and i could do more to be less of a cancer on the earth you know what i mean i mean we're not perfect i get that but at the same time i, I think feel... we do a really good job we use like a lot of reusable stuff like yeah. we try not to do like one-time use things we like try to avoid washing our jeans like it says on the tag like yeah things like that we do little things to try to help you know what i mean it's not like like we can't we have to work you know we can't stop using car fuel like emissions like things like that like there's nothing we can do to prevent that right we have to work we have to live i guess just but i'm thinking of the people that are bigger than us the people that are tearing down like, right. forests and stuff those people are a cancer on earth but just people living their day-to-day lives yeah unless you're littering then you're a pos in my right. opinion don't Fuck litter you. but yeah um i guess i was just kind of thinking from an outside perspective of you know like a third world world country uh, like a like a person living there mm-hmm. and kind of how privileged we are yeah for in sure. the country that we live in definitely and we're definitely privileged being how, in america how easy we have it like it's mm-hmm. we have clean water <coughs> we can literally walk two seconds to our kitchen and turn the water on like yeah you know we can we buy bottled water from the store there's cases on cases bottled right. water we can where it's available to us at any time we can take a warm shower even during a pandemic like it's yeah. kind of outrageous to think that other countries have to live without unfortunately and even outside of a pandemic like you know what i mean like yeah. they struggle and right. we are just so privileged for sure <sighs> moving on um yeah got kind of depressing there for a second <laughs> that's what this podcast is about depression bringing you down jk it's not but no. we're deep over here okay <laughs> kind of like how deep we are in these bean bags right now sorry kirsten austin's rubbing his butt all over your bean bag love yeah. you though i promised her i would fart in it but i haven't had a fart <laughs> maybe when we eat pizza later and i'll come back in here and 
shit all over it. Is that the cat at the door? Probably. Anyways. All right. So, the like I mentioned earlier, there's a smaller uh, tablet. Uh, I believe it was to the west of the main structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's referred to as ex- an explanatory tablet because that's essentially what it does. Uh, but on it, it refers to a time capsule um, that's apparently excuse me buried six feet under the tablet itself um however there's blank spaces on the stone intended for filling in the dates of when the capsule was buried and to be opened uh and those blank spaces haven't been inscribed at all uh so it's completely unclear if there is actually a time capsule um six feet under that uh, explanatory tablet maybe they did that on purpose maybe Maybe they're like, we're not going to write the date. Good point. That's very, very possible. I mean, if you dug and you found the time capsule, though, like the things inside the time capsule would help to determine what year it came from. Well, it obviously had to come from sometime between 1979 and and by the time the construction was done, probably. Right. Right? Unless they went back after the construction was done and dug the hole. But, like, are they really going to dig that hole themselves? Probably not. They're probably going to hire someone. Right. So, I would assume it's anywhere from 1979 to probably, like, 10 years after. I don't think it would be any longer than that. They would go back and bury that time capsule. For sure. Uh, I would. I just wonder what is in the time capsule or mm-hmm. what, what they would put in it. Uh, I looked up... Um, Obviously, this is way past when both of us were born, but I looked up a little bit about like 1979 and 1980, that mm-hmm. kind of era. And uh, one of the things that I, <laughs> one of the things that I saw was um, on the, I don't know if it was Billboard back then, but like the top 500 songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it was Billboard, but. Uh, I noticed that another brick in the wall part two was at like number 488 which i thought was funny that is funny it should be number one <laughs> i'm just kidding uh, i can't remember no, what song was that number one some i've heard it before but i can't recall what it was hold on i have to scratch my head okay i'm ready now um and you can find a lot more detailed info on what exactly is inscribed on all of the stones, including this, uh, the explanatory tablet that we just talked about. Uh, you can find more about that using the wiki link um, in the show notes, which is where I got the majority of the information. I read of, I read a few articles uh, about the Georgia Guidestones, but they all just basically stated the same thing, just in different ways, you know. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so thanks, Wikipedia. Um so when R.C. Christian originally approached the Granite Company, he explained that the stones would function, function? <laughs> would function as a compass, calendar, and clock, and should be capable of withstanding catastrophic events. Uh, and judging by the sheer massiveness of the mm-hmm. monument, I would say that they have a good chance of withstanding catastrophic events. For real. Um so I think he nailed it there, uh, but he also nailed it on the compass, calendar, and clock. 
uh, idea as well because the four outer stones are oriented to mark uh, the limits of the 18.6 year lunar declination cycle, uh, which is when the moon reaches its furthest north or furthest south point during the course of a month. Um, and the center column features a hole drilled at an angle from one side to the other through which can be seen the north star, uh, which I think is pretty cool. That is cool. Um, and that same pillar, uh, it also has a slot carved through uh, through it, which is aligned with the sun's solstices and equinoxes, uh, which again, pretty neat. For sure. Uh, a 7 and seven eighth inch or 22 millimeter aperture in the capstone allows a ray of sun to pass through at noon each day, uh, shining a beam on the center stone, indicating the day of the year. So the capstone, which is the one that lays on top of all the other ones, mm-hmm. uh, there's a small hole in it that allows you to see the sun uh, at noon. That's cool. And uh, it also indicates each day of the year, which yeah. is also cool. Definitely. Um, so... As you can imagine, um, with such a such a large monument, such a large statement from a man using a pseudonym, um, along with a, a small loyal group of Americans, um, it's due for you know a little bit of conspiracy here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did find a few conspiracies from different folk. Um, and the first conspiracy theorist, well, apparently he's an activist. Uh, his name is Mark Dice. Uh, he, at one point he demanded that the guidestones be, uh, quote, smashed into a million pieces and then the rubble used for a construction project, end quote, uh, claiming that the guidestones are of, quote, a deep satanic origin, uh, and that R.C. Christian belongs to a Luciferian secret society. Uh, related to the New World Order. Uh, And on this bullet point in my notes, I put in parentheses, okay, Mark. Uh, Because if you truly believed that R.C. Christian was um, part of the New World Order or uh, part of a Luciferian secret society, and that that monument was of deep satanic origin i don't think you would want to destroy i think you would want to destroy it but i don't think you would then want to build from that rubble something else yeah no that just does not make sense to that me. doesn't make any sense because if he really believed that it was of satanic origin then like he He's wouldn't want like, anything to do with any of the rubble or anything like right. he would want it to be destroyed and disposed of completely right he's just kind of contradicting himself and so basically his... he wants to use the million pieces for a construction project that he wants right and in reality mark uh, is actually part of a luciferian secret society <laughs> no i'm just kidding that's funny um in 2008 the stones were defaced with uh, polyurethane paint and graffiti with slogans such as quote death to the new world order and quote uh, jesus will beat you satanist uh and also next to this bu- uh this bullet point uh, at the end of it i put in parentheses again okay mark because it seems like since he was so offended by this monument and thinking that rc was part of the whatever he thinks he's part of mm-hmm. um it seems like something mark dice would do 
after allegedly. such a statement allegedly of course <laughs> uh, and you can see the pictures uh, in the wikipedia page of the defacing of the the monument also it's, this is like the time of the satanic panic so everyone's like yeah oh my god everything's like okay true. my thing is like anything that people think is different they're like satan also i mean a little bit of metallica satan right i mean here's another thing is like there are satanists out there that is an actual religion and they're actually yeah. really nice freaking people yeah like, uh, i think i'd listen to uh stuff you should know yeah i'd listen to that too yeah on satanism and it it's even chuck and uh what's the josh other? chuck and josh even they kind of were like surprised i think about how um like i don't want to say peaceful but it is really peaceful the like they have satanists good are. it's like morally good like, yeah like take and, care of yourself kind mm -hmm. of treat others how you want to be treated like right and also they're just weird and different so people want to make them seem like they're bad it's i feel like that's what happens a lot to people to mm -hmm. monuments to right. different things like they're weird and different or so. any, like art you know? yeah. right so satan okay mark yeah okay mark mind your damn business how uh, about that and again i don't know if i stated it but the the graffiti like wasn't even good graffiti it was just red aerosol paint with shitty writing and not very skilled like well then they probably didn't do that often and they were just pissed off about the monument it was either mark allegedly or some 12 or 13 year old allegedly <laughs> i don't want any 12 or 13 year olds coming for me even though they're much older now and they probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast yeah where are your parents yeah go get your parents if you're listening to this because and ask them if you can listen if yeah. they say yes then now 16 15 16 okay but like 12 okay. or 13, you okay, probably Mark. shouldn't be listening to this. <laughs> Can OK Mark be a, a new uh, tagline for the pod? Hashtag OK Mark. <laughs> OK Mark. Anytime uh, Kirsten annoys you from now on, just say OK Mark, and we'll see if she actually <laughs> listened to this episode. She uh, she doesn't ever really annoy me. OK Mark. <laughs> um, so at the unveiling... Unveiling? Veiling? Unveiling unveiling of the monument a local minister proclaimed that he believed the monument was uh was quote for sun worshipers uh for cult worship and for devil worship oh my lord um and now that i read over this bullet point um i probably could have put in parentheses okay mark <laughs> also um so what if people worship the sun it gives us life if you right. want to worship the freaking sun do you boo like and, get it i mean so what if people worship the devil like yeah i mean if that's what you want to do leave them be you're not hurt nobody right leave them alone damn. and if you are then you shouldn't yeah if you are then that's that's not good and that's bad but like if you're not hurting anybody and you're just worship that devil yeah do you get a girl <laughs> uh, another conspiracy theorist jay widener has said that the pseudonym of the man who commissioned the stones rc christian resembles a uh, rose cross christian uh, which is a bit of a tongue twister. Rose Crush Christian. Rose oh. Crush Christian. I messed it up. Or Christian Rosencruz, uh, mm -hmm. I believe is how you say that. Uh, it's K-R-E-U-Z. Um, which is the founder of the Rosicrucian Order. Uh, and I had never really heard of Rosicrucian Order before, so mm -hmm. I kind of looked it up and uh, pulled from the Rosicrucian 
Rosicrucianism, uh, Wikipedia, to kind of tell us a little bit more about it. It's kind of a loaded paragraph, but I'm going to go ahead and tell us all about it. Uh, so Rosicrucianism is a spiritual and cultural movement that arose in Europe in the early 17th century after, <clears throat> after the publication of several texts that purported to announce the existence of a hitherto unknown esoteric order to the world and made seeking its knowledge attractive to many. Um, the mysterious doctrine of the order is built on esoteric truths of the ancient past, uh, which concealed from the average man provide insight to nature, the physical universe, and the spiritual realm. Uh, the mani the manifestos do not elaborate extensively on the matter, but clearly combine references to Kabbalah, uh, Hermeticism, uh, alchemy, and Christian mysticism. Here. So. I can hear many in the background. <laughs> me too. Um, so honestly, now that I read this bullet point over, that could be a, a good story time for Kirsten uh, to look up. If yeah. she wanted to. I mean, Rosicrucianism seems interesting to me anyways. Um, I don't know if it's spooky enough. You're right. And I don't think this episode is either, but... I think it's cool, though. <laughs> um, so, another uh, interpretation, which in my opinion is probably the most lo logical of the, the recorded uh, interpretations of the Guidestones. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> is that they describe the basic concepts required to rebuild a devastated, na uh, sorry, a devastated civilization. Um, and this interpretation comes from a man named Brad Meltzer, uh, who is an author. Uh, and he notes that the stones were built in 79 at the height of the Cold War, uh, as I previously stated. Uh, and he argues that they may have been intended as a message message to the possible survivors of a nuclear world war three. Um, the engraved suggestion to keep humanity's population below 500 million uh, could have been made under the assumption that the war had already reduced humanity below this number. Um, which is... That does make sense. Yeah, for sure. That's quite the jarring thought, though, to think especially now the uh, almost 8 billion people that we could be reduced to mm -hmm. nothing or even just 500 million people like right it's pretty scary let's not nuke each other please yeah let's not do that but uh it solves nothing no not at all it just basically pollutes the planet to the point where we can't live here anymore because radiation so anybody that doesn't die from the bombs would most likely end up dying off from cancer from the radiation right and so, i think or radiation poisoning and i think if there was to be a nuclear world war three mm -hmm. um, nowadays i don't think there would be anything left over i mean earth would pretty much implode on itself with the yeah. amount of missiles and nuclear warheads that each like superpower has you know america yeah, china plus also all the chain reactions that the nukes would cause because mm -hmm. if all the bombs are going off that probably means like nature's gonna be pissed well volcanoes tsunamis yeah. anything like scary earthquakes i'm sure shit would mm -hmm. go Definitely. haywire yellowstone so. would be like all right i guess it's time to wake up <laughs> yeah show you bitches what what an explosion really is right all right um so, like I said, that was probably the most logical 
uh, interpretation of the Georgia Guidestones, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and I thought this was kind of funny. Uh, Yoko Ono, of course, she had an opinion on such a uh, such a statement of a monument. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, uh, you know who Yoko Ono is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she said that the messages on the stones are a stirring call to rational thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, which again i can't disagree with i mean yeah all the the 10 guidelines are pretty rational thinking in my opinion yeah i agree so i think she was pretty spot on there but she was also kind of seemed like she was just kind of saying the bare minimum yeah <laughs> which is fine uh and wired magazine uh, stated that unspecified opponents have labeled them as the 10 commandments of the antichrist which is quite the opposite of what yoko described them as okay mark okay mark um which i think is just ridiculous because it is that's that's silly that's just too far it's like saying it's saying good things so i mean i mean a, a couple of the guidelines were like kind of eh, questionable kind of like, like the 500 field. million yeah that, that, population i can understand that part but like I don't think it's anything to do with the Antichrist. I really don't. And, like, who cares if it did? Like, you're not the one. Like, I don't know. I guess it's like, don't follow it. Yeah. If you don't want to. (laughs) Turn the other cheek. Just get the fuck on. Um, the, The stones have actually been featured on a few movie movies. Why do I always say movies? Movies. Um, a few, <laughs> a few movies. I think it's because few foo. is before movies. Foo. Foo movies. Foo movies. <laughs> um, yeah, they've been featured on a few, uh, and they've they've also been on a couple TV shows. Uh, and I pulled that probably the most recognizable one for probably everyone listening was uh, Mysteries at the Museum. Uh, it f- featured, it was featured on a 2012 episode of that show, which I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but I've nope, watched. I have never seen that. No. Okay. Well, I was wrong, <laughs> but I've watched it and I think you would enjoy it. Okay. I'll have to check it out sometime. For and sure. I wish I would have found this earlier in my research because I would have tracked down the, that episode and maybe pulled a couple more facts about the Georgia Guidestones from it. Yeah, that would be cool. Or maybe even more conspiracies. Um... So, in September 2014, uh, this is kind of one of the most recent updates that I could find about the Guidestones. Mm-hmm. Uh, an employee of the Elbert County Maintenance Department um, contacted the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Oh, God, not that word. Of? <laughs> if you've listened to our uh, past episodes, Bureau, Bureau, I have trouble saying that word for whatever reason. That's a tough one. So, we're just going to call it the FBI. Uh, yeah, so this employee contacted the FBI uh, and let the, st- or sorry, he let the FBI know that the stones were vandalized with graffiti, including the phrase, I am Isis, goddess of love, in which the FBI probably did not give a fuck because... No, well, they probably contacted the FBI because it has the word Isis in it, but yeah, Isis isn't always related. It's not re- necessarily related to the terrorist group, but I feel like that's what people think about when they hear that word for sure but it's actually a real goddess. goddess it's like a real person that people worship like right 
just because you hear somebody say ISIS doesn't mean they're in the terrorist group. For sure. Uh, I just kind of thought it was ridiculous that an employee of the county didn't, you know, go to the sheriff's department first, but yeah, instead but he took it into his own hands. Like, let me if call he the thought FBI. it was a terrorist attack, then yeah, but your you think- local city police department isn't going to do anything about a terrorist attack, really. They're going to want to call the FBI in as well. That's fair. Also, 2014 was a different time, so it might might have been easier to just call up the FBI and say, hey. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm kind of rounding up all of this. Uh, <clears throat> you can actually visit uh, these guidestones pretty much any day of the week from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. So if you live, you know, in the Atlanta area and are interested, you should check it out and maybe shoot us some pictures or shoot us an email at tcstpod at gmail.com and put in the subject line georgia guidestones yeah and let us know you know what you think of them and it'd be really cool if you could get a picture of uh the north stars through the the hole in that one slide that would be dope but you'd have to be there pretty late they're only open till 11 p.m (laughs) true well Um, the sun has been setting and get the picture for us don't get yourself into trouble Especially with the guy that'll call the FBI on you. Yeah, for real. Um, the FUBA will be after you. Which, let's be honest, it's probably Mark. <laughs> allegedly. Um, we should just do like a sporadic trip and go visit the Georgia Guidestones one weekend. I mean, that's a pretty long weekend trip It'd for fun, us. Though. For sure. I'm down. You know it. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's pretty much all I've got on the Georgia Guidestones. I hope <clears throat> may have not been super spooky or creepy but hopefully it uh kind of got people thinking maybe conspiring their own theories uh it was cool for sure i liked it me too it was I, a good one i appreciate you guys letting me come on here and uh do the pod the pod do the pod yeah thanks for Again. coming on and um substituting for kirsten of course. And I'll also be substituting for Kirsten on Friday for my true crime episode. Yeah. So Looking forward to it. That'll be fun. And that will be released Friday because this episode is being released at late on Wednesday night. So. Uh, yeah. At late on Wednesday at late. night. At night. Anyways. At night. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So again, congrats on over a thousand downloads. That's really cool. I yep. mean, you guys have. Really We're just a st- small pod. Hey, you got to start somewhere. But you guys are staying consistent, and I think that's a big part of. That's a big part of anything. I mean, mm-hmm. just staying consistent. I think eventually pays off, and especially when the the content is interesting and captivating. Yeah, for sure. And I think you guys are doing a really good job. So good I job, Michelle. That. Good job, Kirsten. Thank you. Thank you. I'm saying thank you twice. Once for me. Once for Kirsten. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, guys. And don't forget to look out for my episode on Friday. Yeah. uh, Thanks for listening. Kirsten will be back next week, people. Don't worry. She's not gone forever. Yep. So. Just two episodes with me. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. Don't apologize. Bye. See you guys. Bye.